This is Rumble Radio, and coming up next Friday at the Ilkley Playhouse, a chance to see Stephen Fry. Not that one, it's local lad Stephen Fry, who last year ran from Land's End to John O'Groats, raising money for Andy's Man Club, and he's written a book uh, inspiring others with his story, and we can find out a little bit more about it uh, from him now. Hi there, Stephen. Hello, Stuart. Good morning. Tell us, first of all, why you started running. So the book is called Don't Settle for Gold. You've got this event coming up next week, but it, it's essentially about your uh, your journey to start running and, and what you've found along the way. So what, what was the driver for you in terms of running and why you started doing it? I'm 62 now. I started running when I was seven. Um, and uh, I, <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, it's been my life. I'll be honest, it's probably got me through some tough times. It's a therapy of its own. I suppose initially I started because my father used to take me around uh, on his shoulders around the the local moorland and uh, Beansley Beacon and all the Chevron and uh, Simon Seat and places around the area. And I got a, developed a love of, of the outdoors. And then uh, when the Olympic Games came on, there was a, a young lad that lived on our street that used to organise uh, our little own mini Olympics. Um, We'd even give gold medals and medals made out of bottle tops at the end of the week. And that got me really interested in running from an early age. I mean, being the eldest of five children and the uh, when I was six, my mum had had all five, there was no room for me in the pram. So from, <laughs> from a very early age, I was uh, trotting around in, in front of the pram. It's quite funny, on the journey, on my Land's Energy on the Green's journey, I had a flashback and it and it really only dawned on me at that point because I was running along the Lancaster Canal and there were two ladies walking towards me and each of them were pushing a double buggy and it momentarily reminded me of my mum and I thought, that's why I run everywhere because if I didn't keep a yard in front of the, the pram wheels, I used to get run over. <laughs> Um, so why did you decide to do Land's End to Johnny? It's obviously a bit of running in on the moors around around the local area is one thing, but to to run all that way, full length of the country, what was the driver for that? The driver for the Land's End to Johnny Groats, I think, was because it was one thing that I hadn't done, and I've done quite a few other things over the years. I think we need to go back to 1996 when I joined Bingley Harriers. I'd run up into my 30s, got married, bought a house, done all those things that you do that, um, you know, I'd had the children and uh, really to take my back seat for six years and then I started running again and uh, a friend who was a member of Bingley Harriers kept leaving membership application forms on my desk at work until one day I caved in and joined. But when I joined, it was such a good club, I realised that I, I was never going to get in the team. So, I, I, you know, I mean, they, they had 15 internationals. So I decided to challenge myself and, I, I, you know, I took things like, well, my daughter were at York University and she broke a laptop. So I bought one, got the train to York and then ran home. I went into work next day and people said, what do you do with the weekend? Oh, I caught a train to York and ran home. I wasn't sort of being beheaded about it, which is what I did. I entered a race in 2005 called the... Tour of Mont Blanc, the UTMB, and it was really the first long distance adventure I'd, I'd had. And the race starts at five o'clock at night, and the first thing you do is run through the night. I realised I'd never really run through the night, and I didn't know what to expect. So one Friday, I decided I caught the train to Ribblehead, got off the train at about half past nine, ten o'clock at night, and ran through the night back to Ilkley. Just what you do, you know. Well, no, it's not something I've ever thought of doing, to be perfectly honest. So I don't think it's wholly normal. There's an incident in the book where I was running along the road at 8 o'clock in the morning through Devon. It was a lovely country lane. 
and I was really enjoying myself. And I was singing at eight o'clock in the morning, sun shining, and I was singing one of my favourite songs, Take the Long Way Home by Supertramp. And I was sort of belting it out at full volume. And I came round the corner and there's two young girls in about, I don't know, 12 or 13 in the school uniforms waiting for the local bus, both on the phones. And I said, oh, sorry, sorry to disturb you. I said, I know I might not sound noble, but I'm just then having a great day. And uh, they looked at me as if, you know, from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> so last year when you did the Land's End to John O'Groats, obviously running for kind of, you know, every day for a month, 30-odd miles a day, um, you were posting updates for people so they could they could see what you, what you were doing, uh, so they could see your progress. And that is what's kind of led you on to write a book. Yeah, well, there were a, there were a couple of things, and I don't want to, you know, no spoilers, but as I, put, as I talk about in the author's notes, I got um, a lady contacted me from Kent, She'd read about it on Facebook and she said uh, she was a teacher and she was reading the updates to her class and she said how much they were all enjoying it. And then uh, she said on the last day, how much will you want? And then uh, Willie, do you want to finish? And then another lady who, um, who was the managing director's wife of the company I worked in, she came into the office after it finished and she said, Stephen, oh, I don't like winning. She said, but... I was reading your posts to my children every morning at breakfast before we went to school. We were really missing them since you finished. You really should write a book. The way you tell your stories is wonderful. But then the crowning thing that really persuaded us, five weeks after we had finished, we were walking through Danefield Woods of a lot with Sheva, myself and my wife. There were a cyclist coming towards us and we weren't really paying him a lot of attention. And suddenly there's a white track. I don't know if you've been up there. There's a white gravel track as he got alongside us he suddenly slammed his brakes to a halt and sort of skidded in front of us and he said Stephen oh congratulations on your, your epic run that were absolutely inspirational and it was Alistair Brownlee wow so it's not every day as my wife said we chatted to him for I mean he, he runs for Bingley Harry so I do actually know him you know I, I wouldn't say we're a family friend but you know we stop and have a chat and he said to me uh, you know that was great. He said, I was following you on Twitter. He said, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, every day to get up and do that, what you did, what you did there was just awesome. When he'd gone, the wife said, well, maybe you should write that book because it's not every day that a double Olympic champion tells you you're inspirational. So maybe you do have a message for people out there. They can achieve things if they put their mind to it. Besides, if nobody reads it, it'll be there for our grandchild to read in uh, years to come. So, yeah, epic runner, but published author now as well. And, you know, giving talks at theatres. I mean, what, what's going on with your life here? Yeah, well, I don't know. It was funny because uh, last year, while I was doing this run, a friend of mine who was being a bit of a mentor to me over the years, because he uh, was quite a good runner himself until he got injured. He's been like a big brother to me. But anyway, he was in the Alpkip shop buying some clothing and they put on various events over but they do it for a foundation that they have to help young kids in the she in Sheffield where the main elk kit shop is uh, sending them on out our bound courses so they must have offered John Mike pal uh, it was a you know a blunt speaking Yorkshireman they offered him this leaflet to come to this talk and I can't remember how much the talk was but let's say it was 15 pounds and whatever it was this person had done I'd already done it. So he said, £15 for it. I'm not paying somebody to tell me about that. I'll just listen to my mate. He can tell you about it. He said, in fact, you want to get in here? He said, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you a tale. So he's done all sorts of stuff. He said, mind you, we need to give him all weekend because he never shuts up. So anyway, 
they invited me to do this talk and I, I sort of thought about it and anyway I did I went along to do this talk I went to see them about three days after they started advertising this talk and it, this was last October I went to get have a look at the layout of the shop see where I'd be doing the talk and uh to get a ticket for my wife and daughter and the shop manager Alex said Steve Steve your talk sold out I said you're joking he said no honestly and he showed me the list of people who bought tickets one of them was a guy called Andy Peace now I don't know how many of you listeners will know Andy Peace but Andy Peace holds the record for the three peaks he's running around the three peaks in two hours uh, 46 minutes and three seconds and then it was also his partner were coming who was a lady called Sarah Rowell now Sarah Rowell ran the marathon in the Olympic Games in 1984, and she's on the World Mountain Running Council. She's actually on the committee to organise these races all over the world. Another lady who bought a ticket was a lady called Jill Atkins. Now, any of your hockey players may know the name Jill Atkins. She was captain of the GB ladies hockey team. So I'm doing a talk to inspire people to get off the sofa and go out and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I really had to rewrite this talk. I have done quite a few things, and... and not blowing my own trumpet here because I just did it because it was just a challenge to challenge myself. When I ran the Tour of Mont Blanc, I was running along through the hills at two o'clock in the morning. I caught this chap up and uh, it was Ranulph Fines. And I was running along on my own in the mountains with Ranulph Fines. And then a few years later, I decided I'd try and run across England in three days to follow in the footsteps of Joss Naylor. Uh, the famous Wasdale Shepherd, who you know, famous in fell running circles. So I wrote to the FRA, Fell Running Association, to ask if anybody knew the route he'd taken. Never expected that Joss Naylor would ring me up. My son answered the phone and he said, "Dad, Granddad's on the phone." I picked the phone up, expecting it to be my dad. It was Joss Naylor ringing me from his little house in Wasdale, and he spent half an hour on the telephone talking to me about, you know. He's run and, and that was just fantastic. That's like, you know, somebody who plays football getting a phone call from, I don't know, Marcus Rashford or, or whatever. You know, it's a, I'm still emotional about it today because he's such a wonderful man. He's done such epic things. So I ran across England in three days and uh, a friend of mine said to me, he wanted to raise some sponsorship for a lady who'd run for our running club. Uh, she passed away. She wanted to run the three peaks. She was a retired doctor. She retired at 60, trained to run the three peaks, ran the three peaks, and uh, set the ladies' record. Uh, but she, um, afterwards, a few weeks later, she was feeling really, really tired. So she went along to a doctor, her own doctor, and it turned out she got leukemia. And she died six weeks later. So we decided, Andy, my pal, decided that he was going to, he wanted to run around the three peaks twice. We were doing the race, and he said, will you do it twice with me? I said, oh, no, I don't know about that, Andy. That's really disrespecting the race, isn't it? You know, it's a big enough occasion. We, we don't want to do that. And I thought about it, and I said to him, I'll tell you what, Andy. I said, why do we try and do it three times? Because I don't know anybody that's ever done that. And that was... <laughs> so, so we did. We, we, we camped up there overnight in Holland, and then we set off at half past two in the morning, ran the route with the three peaks, uh, had a bacon sandwich, registered for the race, ran the race, and then um, had something else to eat. And then as we were, we set off again on our last lap. Um, and the hardest part of that was actually running past the beer tent as we were on the way out, because all our mates who run the race were all there, lined up with the pints, saying, oh, lads, we wish you could come with you, but 
in fact, we've got this, this beer to drink. You have a good time. So we ended up finishing about half uh, past ten at night. I've been running three times, 22 hours. So I'm getting that you've got lots of stories. And the message here is, you know, you don't particularly need a reason. Just set yourself a challenge and you, you can do it. You can achieve it. So quite uh, an inspirational message. What, what are you hoping people take away from the event if they come next week? I'm hoping they'll take on their own challenges. As I put in the book, all these people telling me to write a book and I kept saying no. And now I've written a book. And I tell you what, there's nobody more astounded to out that than I am. The printer sent me the, the bound one copy of the book and sent it off to me for the wanting me to just proofread it one last time before it went to, before they printed the book. And uh, I'd actually ordered another book about something else. So this package arrived and I opened this box and took out this book. And it wasn't the book I was expecting, it was the book I'd written. And I filled up. It looks beautiful. I mean, the book itself, you know, the, what the publishing company and the printers have done with this book. When I see this book, it looks like a work of art, just the colour scheme, the layout of everything and everything. If everything in it's no good at all, you know, the book itself looks beautiful. And I just I got emotional. But people can achieve goals. You know, it doesn't have to be running. It doesn't have to be writing a book. And you can share as parents. Sometimes you want a way of connecting with your children. That's a wonderful opportunity, you know. It, it could be that you want to connect with a, a, a son or daughter. Make a scale model of, you know, King's All out of uh, court cans, if that's what gets you to connect with them and how proud they will be. That's why the book's called Don't Settle for Gold. Don't settle for sitting on your sofa, counting your possessions, because at the end of the day, when you lie in your hospital bed and you, your family are either side holding you out, you're not really going to remember how much you've got in the bank. They're going to talk about the things you've done. Well, I remember that when you, you know, you ran uh, three times around the three peaks in 22 hours. Yeah, it won't be. Do you remember when you you took me for that slap-up meal at such and such, such and such, or whatever it is? You know, we've all got something in us that we want to do. I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday. They'd done an epic cycle when they were 50, where they cycled from uh, Haworth. That's where they lived, the cycle from Haworth, and they cycled all the way to southern Spain when they were 50. And they, they were two lads, twins. And I said, when are you going to do another epic cycle? And they said, he said to me, yeah, I keep, I keep talking about it. I really like to do one. I said, well, I'll be in the house, 57. I said, we better get on with it. And he said, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, it's not a practice, is it, this life? We've got to uh, grasp the nettle. So that's my message. Don't settle for gold. Go out and do stuff. 50 people came to my talk and I got letters off 25 of them saying, you know what, I went away from your talk. And I decided to write a book or do a painting or walk the Dales Way. I mean, Ilkley, we've got some fantastic footpaths. You've got the Dales Way, you've got the Dales Highway. There's also one called the West Yorkshire Way, which goes right around the West Yorkshire boundary, which passes along the tops. You know, why Wells goes off to Menston. Those are challenges in, in themselves. But it doesn't have to be walking. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to even involve the outdoors. It could be just something that you is a challenge but if you can involve your family in it and if you can involve raising money for somebody else then you get a, a lot of satisfaction out of it the book is out now it's called don't settle for gold by stephen fry an evening with stephen fry at ilkley playhouse friday night 8th of september at 7 30 uh, tickets are 10 pound for that uh, you can find a lot more about stephen on his website as well stephen fry uh, hopefully it's a good night for you and good luck with the book sales stephen thank you very much thanks Stuart.